Internets, peace and blessings to you and your family. Before we get to this week's episode, man, I just want to say something that's been on my mind and my heart. You know, almost 100 days we stayed home, COVID-19, a pandemic. 2020 started off with losing Kobe Bryant, and and it just went downhill from there. And then we lose almost 100,000 people in the U.S., people all over the world. And coronavirus is really a crazy thing. It has us home. It has us, you know, uh, uh, um, working from home and learning different things and 40 million people laid off. And, and then what happens is what's been happening and hasn't been addressed. And as my brother, the late great combat Jack used to say, it's, it's, it's the system that's designed. It's not a glitch in the system. It's designed this way. The murder of George Floyd. And when that happens, we say to ourselves, when is enough enough? Breonna Taylor. And, you know, you, you, you just can't stop thinking about, like, how unarmed black people keep on getting killed. And how police are patrolling neighborhoods that they're not even used to. Okay? If you're not from the neighborhood, you shouldn't be patrolling the neighborhood. We live in a world where we're still talking about racism. And that hurts me. That hurts my heart. As an Italian, growing up in Brooklyn, growing up in Coney Island, and then moving along all different places, I thank God that I grew up in Coney Island. such a diverse place to grow up. And as a young kid, it gave me insight and different people hanging out with different ethnicities, different race, to be open-minded. And it kept me that way. And later on in life, and you know, I my first wife, I married Puerto Rican, and I didn't want to. And nothing against Italian women. I, I love. I'm proud to be Italian, but I married a Puerto Rican girl, and 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 we. And I didn't want to name my daughter Maria or Joanne or 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 an Italian name. I just wanted to be different. And we named her Skylar, and that Skylar is just turned 20 years old. And is getting her associate's degree and moving on to get her bachelor's degree and wants to go to law school. And I'm proud. I'm proud to be a father. I'm proud to to have a kid, you know, from an early age that gave me insight, you know, to make sure that I kept that presence over presence and and, and, and knew that it wasn't just about buying things for a kid and how important it is to be in your kid's life. And then you see, you see people like George Floyd. I mean, that hurt me so much seeing Steven Jackson with George Floyd's daughter on, you know, and to know that she lost her father. It was a murder what happened down there in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. And those four cops need to be tried. Because I'll tell you one thing, if they're not tried, then the world would be turned upside down again. And if people are asking uh, why, why, okay, well, then you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And let me tell you something. For people who are, keep on asking about when people say Black Lives Matter, they say All Lives Matter. Shut the fuck up, okay? That's like, you know, that's like saying, oh, uh, uh, you know, a house is on fire and say all houses matter. Yeah, but your house is not on fucking fire. Black lives have not been appreciated. Okay. Obviously, cops are scared and they feel threatened. So if you feel that way, then you shouldn't be a fucking cop. Okay. It's crazy that we're in 2020 still talking about racism. After going through this pandemic, man, the world is upside down. You know, it's it's scary. And then, you know, later on in my life, you know, it, it, it's, it's you know, 
I think of my son, baby premium, Tristan. He just turned five years old. His mother is Trini. And she's from Trinidad. And so having a biracial kid and, 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 and wanting him to know his race, his Italian culture, his, his black culture, you know, and, and, and what he will relate to and, and get, you know, it's, it's, it's important to me. And I want to keep on, I want to go back for a second. I don't want to make this a super long intro, but it's important. Any of my, any white people listening, any Italians, any Russian, whoever the fuck you are, okay? When people say black lives matter, that doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter. But your life is not in danger. So don't get offended. Don't get upset. Try and help out. Try and understand. Try and bring light to it. That's what you should be doing. And that's what I'll continue to do. Okay? Because it means that much to me. Now, yeah, okay, all lives matter. But when black lives matter, then all lives matter. And that's, and, and, and that's the story. And it, there's not much more to it. I just want to, you know, and, 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 and Breonna Taylor, I mean, they need to open that case. The cops need to be tried. Enough is enough. Okay? You can't, you can't be a cop and do whatever you want and think that you could get away with it. You can't just kill unarmed people because you feel threatened. Again, if you feel threatened, then you shouldn't be a fucking cop. Straight up and down. Now, I took a little break. I haven't really done an episode in a couple of weeks. Like, my mind hasn't been right. And, and you know, I, I, I haven't felt like, you know, I've been busy working on a project. I always say make more moves, make less announcements. So I'm going to say, let me get back to making these moves so I can make this announcement. Internet's when I make it, it's going to be very exciting. Something I've been working on that I'm very excited about. I have a couple of episodes still in the can, and I'm going to continue to release them. And then I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. I really haven't felt the Zoom. I didn't, you know, I feel like I'm a person. I love to sit down and, and, and get that and get that right, you know, camaraderie with a person. Because I don't do interviews. I do conversations. And I want to have a good conversation. So... I, I got something I'm working on, and that'll be uh, ready soon. But internets, listen, um, before I get to intro this week's episode, I want to say, uh, you know, it's it's important to me for people to stay safe and keep your mind right. We lost a friend, Jazz Fly, Jazz Waters. She was an early Combat Jack show guest, and then became a host, and then she had her own show, and and then she went on to like write for. This is us and kidding with Jim Carrey and and we lost her. And she passed away a couple of days ago. And I do want to say this, man. My heart goes out to her, her family, the whole Waters family. But more importantly, I want you to say check on your friends. You know, check on them. People, people, you know, I feel like when someone passes away, people are quick to like say things and stuff, but check on your friends. You never know what someone else is going through. People fight demons every day. And some of the happiest people are depressed. So please, if you love your, your loved ones, your friends, your, you know, your, your, your cousins, your parents, your grand, check on them. Even the strong people, check on them too. But do more than check on them. Email them, text them, call them, go see them, whatever it is. But check on your loved ones and whoever that is. That's not just family. Internets, okay? It's about time to uh, start to intro this episode. And this episode we did obviously a couple of months ago. I have, like I said, I had a couple in the can. And I'm still going to release them. Okay, it was with the one and only Dime a Dozen. Okay, rapper, 
producer, even actor now. He started talking about his career as a gospel artist, his time in the group Phony People, his start on YouTube, and he caught the attention of uh, the late, great Combat Jack and my brother DJ Clark Kent, touring with Most Def, Talib Kweli, Eric Babdu, The Roots, you know, issues with the label, and, and, and also working with Kalani, plus so much more. I like the kid dime a dozen. Um, great story. Great inspiration. Internets, I just want to say peace and blessings to you and yours. Keep your head up high. Check on your loved ones. Stay healthy. Stay safe through this COVID. You're out there protesting. Stay safe. I just want to send my blessings, my love, peace and blessings to you and your family. Internets, I present to you. Well, actually, wait one second. Before I do that, make sure you check in with me. Open up your Twitter app. Open up your Instagram app. At Premium P. At Premium P. Show. Tell me where you, you, you're listening from. Tell me where you're from. Check in with me, man. Let me know what's going on with you. I love when the internet's checking. People check in worldwide. So make sure you do that, okay? Again, one more time. Peace and blessings to you and your family. Internets, I present to you this week's episode of the Premium P Show with the one and only Dime a Dozen. Let's get to it. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the other smooth voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting down here with a Brooklyn night, okay? Sheesh. NYC. Dime a dozen. Okay, we call him, uh, we call him a bunch of things. <laughs> Rapper, mm-hmm. producer. Correct mm-hmm. me Correct me if I'm missing anything. Okay. Songwriter. Okay. Actor. Actor. New- newly. Uh, New, <laughs> I'm newly actor. New, newly, produ- mm-hmm. oh yeah, we said producer, we said rapper, we mm-hmm. said uh, uh, talent. You know, uh, more so uh, if anybody's in the record business from years ago to now, man, that's a that's a fighter, mm. that's a soldier. Oh yeah, dime a dozen. What's up, sir? Everything's cool, man. Thank y'all for having me. Not for sure. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, yes, think about it for people who know you as Dime a Dozen mm-hmm. or Dime. What is that your real name, Dime? My name is Donovan. Donovan Malik Blocker is my full name. Where did uh, Dime a Dozen come from? Dime a Dozen was given to me back in church. Uh, I started as a gospel rapper. My first influence was a gospel rapper. and uh, Who was it? His name is Q the Prophet. Mm. And uh, Dime a Dozen. Oh, yeah. Hey, can you know Q the Prophet? And, you know, that name basically means, like, without God, I'm nothing. You feel me? Like... Rappers come a dime a dozen, you know, this is not my talent. It's more of a, you know, a dedication and a, a proof of his greatness, you know? So the first time you heard that name, you know, for someone to say dime a dozen, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 did that stick with you? Because sometimes, you know, was there another name you had in mind? Is another name you were running with? You know, we all go through our names. You know, I was DMB. I was Lil Don. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's way too many littles. Yeah. I remember we had a little flip up here. We were, we were going over all the littles, so that shit lasted like ten minutes, man. Because <laughs> well, we were like, "Oh, little Wayne," you know, little flip, little, little baby, little, you know, like yeah. kept so on been, going. You could keep on going on, little Kim, like you know, you could continue to go on. I was a Bow Wow fan, you know. <laughs> Back then, I was like eleven, trying to. You know, I started early, 
you know, and like I said, it was in church, so I was doing like gospel choir. My mom was in a gospel group, but gospel rap was introduced to me through, you know, Cue the Prophet, and I hadn't been able to even like watch secular rappers or worldly rappers, they would say, my mom would say, and yeah, I was introduced through church. You know, when you say gospel rap, I mm -hmm. feel like because of Kanye, mm -hmm. maybe a lot of younger kids now know, because, you know, they they see this gospel rap album he put out. Mm -hmm. But but gospel rap has been a thing for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at people like Kurt Franklin, mm -hmm. you know, who, uh, uh, I mean, has made millions. Yeah, he's very hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for but, sure. But, but also gospel rap and also has charted mm -hmm. for many, many years. Uh, you know, it's funny, man, too. I remember... Uh, I remember him being on the Breakfast Club, and I remember him talking about uh, uh, how he associated love with sex. I don't mm. know if you ever heard his uh, his uh, interview on the Breakfast Club, but it was powerful to me. I was like, "Wow!" Like, because I felt like for a while I was in that realm, like meaning like where you like the touch and feel of sex was love to him. Mm. And he's like, he had that shit all twisted, where it's just like, just because if you having sex with someone doesn't mean you love them. You know what I mean? That could just be uh, some lust. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was powerful. But anyway, the reason why I bring him up is he's been someone who uh, really has mastered the lane of gospel, you know, yeah, hip-hop, gospel lane. rap. You think hip-hop and gospel, you think Kirk Frank Franklin immediately. And even Kanye and Chance don't know those guys do because they throw him on everything. They get a chance to throw him on. So, yeah. How old are you? I'm 27. So so you grow up in Brooklyn, right? Mm -hmm. Crown Heights. Crown Heights. Mom? Mom's yeah. in the gospel. What about Pops? Pops? Uh... Uh, Pops was locked up. <laughs> Pops was locked up uh, beginning years of my life. He was, uh, you know, into, you know, the streets. Yeah, I mean, did you? Have, did he come home and you get a chance to yeah, build with he, him? Yeah, but he was on some, like, Muslim. Like, he switched his whole, you know. Got he, the oils on deck. Yeah, man, the bean pies on deck. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Trying to, you know, you know the black, you, you, know, you know I'm God, right? Mm. Told me, you know I'm God, right? And I was very confused as a young kid. Like, what do you mean by that? You know, I'm God. You God, too. But he was telling me something deep, but like at that point, I remember that as something that was very shocking to me. So he was very, you know, uh, religious in that way. And uh, my mom kind of was kind of like scared of that. So, you know, the family was kind of like shunning sure, him a little sure, bit. Sure, sure, sure. Is he still around? Did you, yeah. He's, did, um, did you ever get a chance to really have a bill with him again? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a much better relationship mm. now that I'm older and I, um, you know, understand manhood more and he understands uh spirituality more and you know we have talks like that but i haven't talked to him in a while though well blessings to pops man yes, you know sir. pops shout out to pops you know you know it's crazy when you talk about church man and i mean i mean especially from coming from a broken kid everybody grows up different yeah but church and i want you to you know i would love for, to hear your opinion but church obviously i feel like it it, it inspired you you know it, oh, yeah. it, it gave you a lot of life yeah. I remember being in church, and, I, and not only me, but I remember being a, 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 a street dude in church. I just done bad yesterday. Mm -hmm. I robbed the car, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'm in church <laughs> in the morning. You know, like, and a lot of my friends were like that, too. Like, we were, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. You know, one of the big things, especially, you know, I'm, I'm Italian, but I grew up in Coney Island. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, shit, you know, I mean, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm no, I've said... <laughs> No, I've said this before. No, 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 I've said this before. You know, I've had my days of, uh, you know, hustling in the street. You know, I remember selling, you know, a bunch of, we were selling crack and coke and trying to get fast money and then like going to Christmas, Christmas, Sunday, not Sunday, uh, Christmas 
night church. Mm. Like it used to be like this at night. There used to be a, 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 a evening church. Sunday service. And I'd be in there and like I see all the neighborhood in there. Who's a who's a fucking loan shark? Who robs cars? Who hey. sells crack? And and I still didn't know what the Lord or God was, but I knew that I'm not gonna lie to you. I vote, I, I wanted to get. I wanted to change. I wanted to. I I didn't want to only live that life, you know. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that I was able to turn my life around. But when you speak about being in the church at a young age, right? Did that help you stay out of the street, or did that help you, you know, like be different than? Because when I grew up, like I, I didn't know 11 year old kids that went to church. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I just went because my mother told me I had to went. And then when I didn't have to go, I didn't go anymore. Yeah, man. That's just the parents. I mean, well, my mom, you know, my mom, two two older sisters I have. I have, uh, you know, yeah, two older sisters. One of them was 16 when she graduated and got, you know, pregnant that same year and was out. You know, I was kind of like an only child. But like when they were a, a, around... My mom was on some like, hey, no hip hop in the crib. We would have to sneak and watch music mm, videos. Mm. Like, you feel me? Like, I remember Big Pimpin. I saw that in a group full of, of girls, my sister's friends, watching that during like a, a day of school where it was no school. Like, it was like a, a day off or something. My yeah, mom had work. Something like that. And like, a just group of girls watching Big Pimp, and I had never seen anything like that. Like, I was so like sheltered away from it. So. That's crazy. Be, you know, you know, it's crazy that we looked at, and I remember, you think about it, hip-hop right now, mm-hmm. 2019 and 2020 moving on, rules the world. Yeah. And not just, not just, you know, when you think about, when you say the, the, the inner cities, the world. The world. The world is affected by Cardi B, by T, like, by T, like, I seen this, uh, a T.I. Uh, recently, um, I was talking with my daughter about it. My daughter told me, she's like, this shit is trending because he said that he goes to the gynecologist with his daughter. I don't know mm. if you've seen this, yeah. like to make sure she's a virgin. Today I saw that. But we're not, but, <laughs> a lot of people got a problem with that. <laughs> but, what <I'm, laughs> but, but what I'm saying is you think about how powerful that shit is to when I was growing up, I'm a little older than you, mm-hmm. but but real talk, when I was growing up where it was looked at like no hip hop, no hip hop in the house. Like it was a crime. Like it was a problem. Yeah, that's but I'm saying, like yeah, was, you're right. Exactly. But that, think about how crazy that shit is, mm-hmm. and that could have strayed away a lot of people from even doing it. Word. So, so I don't want to go away from where you were going. So you're 11 years old. Mm-hmm. It, you, you're in church, right? You know, when you say you're doing gospel rap, like, did you write something down? Did you like who who who, who did you figure to even you know sometimes I like to emulate somebody? Fabulous. Okay. My first song. Which is crazy that you did. That you did a, <laughs> wind up doing a song with him yeah, later. Man. We'll get to that. One of my first songs I wrote in like gospel form was me kind of taking a, a secular song that I had heard. I had got the chance to hear. One of my boys, Nuki. Shout out to Devon. My other homie, Devon. Shout out to Devon Vell, too. He's here. Mm. My boy. Uh, Devon Vell. Devon Vell. But my boy, Devon Nuki from Crown Heights Bible Faith Church, Um, he put me on like. Uh, keeping a gangster, mm. keeping it Y'all gangster. No, mm-hmm. like, oh, keeping it gangster. Okay, okay, playing it for me. You know, Yo, that beat is crazy, crazy. So you know, I, I try to flip it, keeping the godly. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it goes. It was just like we come through, keeping it. Something, something very immature, elementary. But it was like my first rap, fabulous, and you know that's how I would kind of make gospel raps back then. I would flip 
So flip a hot song yeah. and try to turn it like uh, uh, the ones uh, I knew, the ones spiritual, I, like keeping yeah, it godly. Yeah, you know. Or and and the lyrics would be something like uh, you you were writing your own lyrics yourself, yeah. like kind of things that had to do with gospel. God, yeah, yeah, it was hard at first, you know. But like Q the Prophet, like really sat me down and told me like, okay, this is sixteen bars. This is how you do it. Like early, I was just like writing, writing, writing. Like I got kind of put onto the structure of the music. Q. So when you say Q the prophet, uh, yeah. you know would, would help you out. Yeah. Why Why do you think he uh, uh, took the time to do that? Because not a lot of people, you know, it was a lot of people trying to rap. You know, uh, you know, back a couple of years ago, back twenty thirty, you know, mm-hmm. years ago, not everybody tries to help everybody. I mean, I was young and <clears throat> I was very influenced by like him. Like, I had never seen a rapper perform live before, so mm-hmm. I was just admin on some like bro like teach me you know like bro like that's crazy you just moved this crowd you just spoke without singing but still affected an audience of people Mm. you know i i I only knew choir gospel choir you know stuff like that so seeing like somebody use their poetry and lyricism to move a a crowd spiritually was like woof. Mm. It was like a church, church on, 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 you know, on tilt. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about you make keeping it godly. Mm-hmm. Did mom hear that? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I really showed her my earlier raps. My mom didn't really like take my. Well, she actually was one of the people that pushed me towards telling Q that I did rap. So she was like, "Okay, try things out," but she never took me seriously as a rapper until she saw like me doing numbers. So she thought it was like a, a hobby or a, a yeah, which 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 a lot of parents do that. You know, it's funny. My daughter, you know, I come to think about how powerful these moments are. But I remember being in the uh, nail salon with my daughter. Uh, you know, hey, listen, uh, you know, I, I got tired of waiting. I'm like, let me get a pedicure also. You know what I mean? Let me get a, a manicure. Uh, you know, I don't need the polish. You know, um, but I remember being in in, in these places. I remember my daughter's friend. Um, she basically um, w- w- was. Uh, her, she was with her mother, and mm-hmm. the mother, when you think about it, was talking to me about her son being a DJ, and and you can flip it to him, and and okay. and and her son being a DJ, and she was like, "I wish he would just get a real job, because mm-hmm. there ain't no money in that." And I was like, "I know DJs that travel the world and right. are millionaires, you know, but it's it's important for a family to believe in what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's important for you know, when you think about like how Wayne Gretzky or all these, you know, or or, or how uh, a Curry, you think about is they started them young, family believed in them, and 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 a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Mom said no hip hop in the house, mm-hmm. but then you switched it to this gospel hip hop. Mm-hmm. When was the first time she heard something where she, you know, I know you said it took a while for her to believe in you, mm-hmm. meaning with like that is real. Yeah, and and that's normal for a mom. You know what I mean? Like, of course, if you're able to come and show that you're doing numbers, or you get an advance, or you're able to like provide for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, still to this day, look, I've done a lot of things. I've done everything from be locked up to work on Wall Street to to be involved in sneakers to <laughs> to to podcasting to food to everything. My mom still don't know what the fuck I do. <laughs> you know, so so you know she's, but anyway, the point I'm making is is. When did mom like? Okay, so you're 11. I want you because I I like I like for here's here's what I like to do. I like mm-hmm. for people who don't know of you to learn about you, mm-hmm. take them through the journey. 
till today, but then the people who do know of you to maybe find out some more. Yeah, some gems. So, 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 moms is, uh, you know, you're you're eleven, you're moving up in God, you know, in gospel, you're in school, you know, pops ain't around. Yeah. But you're writing, you know, yeah. prophet was a big influence. Mm-hmm. When did when did it even get to the next step? So you wrote keeping it godly. What happened next? Keeping it godly. Uh, I just started. You know, I kept doing a little gospel thing. I'm gonna make my my songs. I started recording with more people. I recorded my first record. Or studio? Yeah, studio. Yeah, that was the who, next stuff. Who, 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 who hooked up a studio? Ali Shahid. Really? It was a from a tribe called Quest. Oh no, 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 no. You know, you know how <laughs> not that one. Oh, I tell you, <laughs> that would have been dope. But now nah, it's another a guy named. Ali Shahid. Oh, okay. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, that, that was his name. That would have been dope as hell if uh, Tribe. <laughs> but nah, we got some cooler stories coming up, but not. So, 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 <laughs> yeah, so he hooked up a studio. Yeah, hooked up the studio. Let me get on the mic, spit my stuff. He'd probably How old were you? Was there. I was 11. Okay. Damn. I was 11. I was 11. So I started as a gospel rapper, but um, I got in the studio that same year and I was spitting whatever I felt. So it was like, okay, ma, I'm going to show you I can do gospel, but like, nah, I got to express myself. So it wasn't too long before I like just started like being like a regular, hey, you know, I love God, but yeah, I, I got to speak my mind. There's a lot more to life and there's a lot more to my art right now that I want to express. So do you remember what you were saying? Mm. Like what you were talking about? I mean, obviously if people listen... Cause, but you were 11. I mean, there are tracks out. Did you keep those and drop those later? Or or, or those are just washaways? Oh, those are washaways for sure. Keeping the galleys <laughs> a washaway. I, I can remember. Like, I see vaguely like the writing on the paper. But I can't remember the words. But uh, that's 11. Um, I remember my first recorded track was called Who That Do. Mm. It was called Who That. Who that dude with the iced out wrist? Who that? Who that dude that's making this hit? Who that? Who that dude that be looking so fresh with the uh the the Knicks cap and the jersey and the mesh and so like that? Like I just I was ready to express myself as a New York Brooklyn rapper that was ready to take on the world. Bow Wow was out there, Romeo was out there. I was like, nah, it's Brooklyn, bro. Like, like. Who that do like you know? And I was trying to live that like rapper lifestyle at that that point, you know. And you know, the rapper, the gospel rapper aspect of things got me started, but I jumped in it. So so yeah, at a young age, at a young age. So now take us through over the next couple of years, you know, because that shit could have just faded out. Oh, you know, you you you're mad young. Moms could have been a big influence. Things start coming up like responsibilities and shit. Mm-hmm. You got to. You know what I mean? That shit could have just honestly just went to an end. How how did you how how did you even move to? Because I know then you signed with I believe like Atlantic, right? You know Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they how, merged to Atlantic. I'll tell you about. Okay, that but uh, what even? I don't want to jump too far if mm-hmm. that if that's too far. But yeah. how did they even start to get real? Like where you like yo? This is more. Was it a track you made and 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 an A and R like you know played in it? Like how did that even make it to the next step? Ooh. Okay, so we're going to take this step and we're going to st- step into a real interesting step, a real sentimental step for me, because this is very important to even this show, I feel like, and I've never even got to tell this story like that. But, um, you know, from, you know, who that, who that dude with the iced out wrist, uh, you know, we'd be in school doing talent shows, everybody knew me as like a rapper, like, hey, you know, 
growing up, junior high school, I'm writing songs, dissing my peers and <laughs> expressing myself, anger and, you know, just putting everything out on the track. Sure. So, you know, and I will be performing through talent shows. and uh, Yeah, from there, YouTube. Mm. YouTube. What did YouTube do for you? YouTube gave me a platform to express myself, show video, uh, make comedy skits, uh, just gain a fan base, man. YouTube was was there, uh, and I was on YouTube early, man. I was in a, like a YouTube community, man. It was a whole bunch of rappers that were making videos back then. And, but you you was shooting your own shit too. I'm gonna shoot my own stuff. That's how I, 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 that's how my introduction to you is through when you were part of the group Phony People. Yes, sir. Yep. And you were recording a lot. I was like, damn, this dude is like. Actually, I don't know if the time was the same, or maybe you might have been before. I think the only other person that in my mind that was doing it like that was Tyler mm. from the West Coast, and then you was over here doing. And you know what's so your own videos. <laughs> Producing your own records. And shout out to Tyler. You know what I mean? I hope to meet him one day because, like, a lot of people tell me from my MySpace days that Tyler was reaching out on some shit. Like, yo, check. Like, he knows of my stuff. And then I seen him recently. He was uh, shouting out, like, a Phony People song called This Is How Love Feels. Mm. And I've never met him before. But um, He had to be aware. Yeah, but I don't know if he knows of me. But I know he knows of my music. And I feel like I would. it would be really dope working with him because... He's an inspiration. I'm sure we we've inspired each other at some sure, point. Sure, you know, so word. But yeah, YouTube, so, man. So YouTube, you shooting your own videos, your own producing videos, your own cannon, songs on, on a, a little, can, on a little cannon, getting a little cannon. Like we, you would take pictures with this cannon, but I was just making videos, just finding a way, man. And what do you feel like? You the buzz was created. People were fucking with the music. Oh yeah, and and and. And and what did you just started making more? But what about a regular? Did you have like a job like at the no, time? This is high school at this point. And you used to go to Edward Murrow? Yeah. Oh yeah, Edward Murrow. Which is the, uh, the, the that's like the school of like if you want to be a lot. I see a lot of kids like they fight between what high school they want to go to. Yeah. Depending on if they want to rap. <laughs> or they want to, if they want to do performing arts, oh yeah, like Edward Murrow is like that. Sure, that's one you know of the I mean? ones. There's a lot of names, but you gotta perf- you gotta like audition for that yep. shit too. Creatives, yeah, yeah, creatives. A lot of names that still to this day are coming out of Murrow. Yeah, and um, and you graduated? No, I didn't. Mm. I didn't graduate. We went and got the GED. Yeah, I, I signed. As soon How far did you go though? To the end. I mean, almost the end. Wait, you you signed a record deal at, at before you got before you was. Yeah, I signed a record deal before senior. Yeah, senior year. I had to like go back for like a summer or something like that to. Oh, so that's prob- that's that's what's yeah kinda... yeah that kind of stopped oh, it because shit. it was like the summer I got signed, they was trying to make me go to summer school. Oh, that's it. That's so it. I'm like, come on, y'all. So wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on. That's crazy. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Wait, that's wait, a little that's early. A yeah, yeah. Wait, so 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 just so people listening could follow the path. So you're in. Senior senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and a label approach you or a manager who approach Let's you? Let's go back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, senior uh, before senior year in high school, junior high. I'm doing music right in the beginning of high school. I get into the videos and the videos on YouTube. I'm filming them in school. I'm getting in trouble for them. I had a video called Shorties and Negative Ten. 
God forgive me for this. I was, you know how Dream had Shorties of 10? Yep. I had a, um, a song called Shorties of Negative 10 about ugly girls. And I was I was a freshman to the school, brand new. I didn't know anybody. And I was taping random girls. And I put them in the video, man. And made sure there's a negative 10, man. And they, and they brothers and they mothers and they fathers were so upset at me. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, it was a joke. I put my mom in it too just to show them like, hey, I'm just joking. But people were upset. You feel me? They were like, oh, you don't play with that. You don't call people ugly. And I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. But yeah, like that kind of kicked my, like, you feel me? That got me popular in the school a little bit. Like, yo, who's this crazy dude? Yo, are you a freshman? Yo, yo come here. You just did that video? Yo, I'm going to beat you up, bro. My sister was in that video. <laughs> like, it was it was from all different, yeah, all different walks of life was trying to whoop my ass. <laughs> but yeah, man, high school, I was doing stuff like that, man, like. You know, I did like real rap songs. We did ciphers, like guys like CJ Fly, Joey Badass mm. was, you know, in the ciphers with us. Capital Steez, rest in peace, was one of those guys that would, you know, didn't speak out loud, but would come to me and be like, "Yo, I got this rap. Like, I know you, you that rap dude. You feel me? Like, tell me what you think. Like, you know." And I'm, oh, that's dope. Oh yeah, yo, let me write a rap next to this rap. Let's see how this sound together. Let's do a little song, and then he get, build his confidence up. Like, that's my. Mm. That's like that's real shit, like, and that's my boy, like. Mm. So you know, that's early days. Just being in Murrow, making videos, making comedy skits, making cipher videos, splitter spitters. Uh, that's something that me and my boy LB three from Phony People. That's another thing. Phony People, the band. I mean, uh, I I uh, started a band called Phony People. Uh, these guys were like jazz musicians, man. Where'd you meet them? Uh, in, in, uh, in the high school days, Morrow, but the the lead singer LB3, he was in Morrow with me, and we mm. were real close during them days. He would produce a lot for me on my solo projects, and Phony People really started, and our first like real rehearsal was a rehearsal that was supposed to be for like a dime a dozen show, you know, featuring like the newly like formed Phony People. Phony People was like the band like at that point. So how many people were in it? You? Shit. You know what's crazy? Kota the friend? Kota the friend? Yeah. He was, he was in that? Yeah, he was in that wow. rehe- he was in that rehearsal. He was in that rehearsal playing uh trumpet. But uh mm, probably six people at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's so phony people you know, moving forward, you know, so phony people is what got signed first, not Dime a Dozen? No, Dime a Dozen got signed okay. first. But phony people started in the midst of Dime a Dozen. Like, I was already doing my YouTube thing. Yep, I'm getting yep, my, yep, my views yep, up. Yep, yep. All this stuff is going on. But I'm like, hey, you know, my creativity isn't limited. Like, I'm a, you feel me? I'm going to get together with my, my guys that do music too. And I'm going to bring y'all a collective situation. So, you know, we did that. We did our first project. What what the F is Phony Land? Now, who was that with? That was you put it out by yourself. Yeah, this okay. is us. This is us on 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 YouTube. And still, still, this is still senior year, in, you know, in high school, right? Or, yeah, or, this is us on YouTube. But well, and why phony people? Why, why why was the name phony people? Hey man, LB said it's just something that hit him one day. He was like phony people. You know, I <laughs> you still speak to him now. Yeah, these are my people. Yeah. We did a reunion show like a year ago. You know, they saw me at a show they were doing at uh, Brooklyn Museum. Mm-hmm. I was just supporting, and they pulled me up on stage and, like, performed with me. You know, just, we did an old song. Like, that's my people. But, um, 
So yeah, so take us through so uh, out of this high school uh yeah so time like so the like, people started and yep. like my first offer I ever got individually cuz funny people we did battle all the bands in school yep. we were all like we were <clears throat> on our up and coming Brooklyn band shit and we were everywhere like we did public assembly down here like all the uh, like venues you know and I was doing my thing as a solo artist as well with them so you know I got noticed by DJ Clark Kent and Combat Jack. Mm, mm. That's crazy. And that was my first. I didn't know the Clark Kent part. Wow. Rest in peace to our brother Combat Jack. Yes. Clark, I was just with Clark the other day. It's crazy. But That's go ahead. Crazy. Yeah, man. How's Clark always on the? Yeah, I know, I know. He's always like, I, like you know when I when I when I when I see like when I hear about Clark now, it's like all right, he's a sneaker guy, blah blah blah. But I think he just behind the scenes, just quiet. But then he's like, oh yeah, he just produced a Kanye record. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he just put out this. He's about to sign this, get this artist signed. Like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Think, about he he, think about it. Think about it. He with Brooklyn <laughs> Finest. Think about it. You know, he had Biggie. he had Biggie downstairs, and then went upstairs and said, "Yo, why don't you do this uh, uh, joint with uh, you know?" Then they they didn't have anyone, so that's why he was doing the ad libs on there, like. Mm-hmm. You know, Crown Heist, you know, mm-hmm. Bed Stuy, you know, it's like, bigger. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, yeah, Clark, listen, Clark so is Clark a- Clark found you. Uh, Clark was my first- um, Believer? Yeah, within the industry. My my first legendary believer. All right. <laughs> so so when you say That's Clark Cannon Combat Jack, what what was Combat Jack doing? Like, he did a lot of- They were starting the label. Okay, okay. They were starting the label. All, mm-hmm. It was called All Things Fresh ATF, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. Yeah. They were, they, I don't know if that was ever something that they officially put out there or that no. was ever that out was there. That yeah, 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 yeah. 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 was Clark. That would have been amazing, though. Yeah, man. We sat down, and that was because of school, man. My uh, Clark's daughter went to school with me, mm. and uh, I was just on my, you know, from with the YouTube came me promoting myself with merchandise, CDs. Yeah. You know, I'm out in school giving people my T-shirts. Hey, yo, check this out. My Shut Up and Listen was my uh, my name of my project, my first mixtape. Yep. yep. You know, I had, uh, we had the little emojis back in the day yep. and we would spell with faces and I, I had the equal sign and the X and it represented Shut Up and Listen, like somebody with their eyes open wide and somebody being quiet, like being attentive and, you know, shutting up. But... That was my thing back then, and <clears throat> Cabria, shout out to Cabria. Yep. She's like an artist, I believe, right? I don't I know. I think she draws a... Oh, oh, I, I thought you were about to say artist, like singer, No, she rapper. draws, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Murrow, yeah, Murrow's yeah, an art yeah, school, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Murrow's an art school. And um, yeah, she, she got it over the clock, and Clark took interest, and I sat down with Combat Jack and DJ Clark Kent in the meeting, and yeah, they just expressed like, yo... We think you're dope. I had a tape called The Orientation back then. <clears throat> they were like, yo, bro, like this is some next level. Like, we starting this 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 joint, ATF. And but yeah, man, that just started our relationship. I would be coming out to uh barbecues. Oh, like, it's Fourth of July barbecue. Yeah, man. Damn, I was there. I probably I'm surprised I didn't see Word, you. I was probably using We probably little... didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Word. That's I'm, why yeah. I, I've always felt like you look familiar. Like seeing you out. I'm like, damn, I've seen you before. You probably saw you at a barbecue like years ago. Yeah, I was at every one of Crocs. How about this? I was at Crocs barbecue when Buster was there. Wow. And and Buster's son, I, I I got the picture somewhere, so young. He's like, you know, his son knew who the fuck me and, and Dallas Penn. He was like, that's Premium Pete, Dad. Wow. And he's like, yo, what's up? You know, Buster, like, 
So he already knew because we did a, a, an episode with him on the complex shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was me, Busta, and his son, which his son, I think, went to college right now, like, you know, yeah. uh, which is crazy because he was mad young. Like, he may have been 13 years old. He knew who the fuck we were. And, and, and Shout out to Busta. I got a funny story about Busta. And, and, and uh, I'll never forget, like, Busta had to go somewhere, and he said, uh, watch my son. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I You're literally, not going to tell him no. <laughs> I, was, I literally was like on some, like, I got you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was looking all over from at time. Like, not looking all over from meaning like, like, as we were like, Clark would have so many DJs spin on 4th of July. He would, he, he would have like a Just Come, a Kick Capri, a uh, 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 DJ Scratch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, there was a party. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just making sure Shorty was okay. Cause he was under my watch. I didn't want Buster to come back. Watch you know my son. I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then I, it's crazy though because I remember when he came back after I did that, and I don't know what, remember what he said, but he was like, "Yo, the way you were turning your head and w- looking around for my son, and and uh, you a real motherfucker." Like he's watching you. Yeah, yeah, I'm dead serious. He's like, "Yo, I can see the way you move. You a real motherfucker." And I was like, "I was like, let me explain something to you. I got your son covered." And I said, I won't let anything happen to him. But anyway, Quark's parties were uh, dope, man. He used to have that good punch there. I don't know oh, if you ever yeah. had some of that uh, punch. I drank some of that shit. That shit. I was up for four days. He had Molly in that punch. <laughs> anyway, so so, <laughs> so he meets with you with Combat Jack. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how dope they think you are. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Um, I don't ultimately, I don't think. They really went through with the the plan of a label, but they just showed interest, and that this was the beginning of our relationship. But um, eventually, Warner Brothers showed up. When you say Warner Brothers showed up, like uh, an A and R from there? Yeah, Dante Rose. Oh, Dante Rose, come on, the OG, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, Dante. So, you know, phony people. We had been doing our thing in the city. Um, I had been doing my shows. I started a showcase. Uh, where I brought people through throughout the city just to do their first like performances and uh, it was just like I was using my resources just just give back even w- w- with what I had I had you know videographers photographers a little studio space I was just giving out to the people like Joey Joey Badass that was like one of his first joints uh, well it was his first show what uh, would you my do showcase him? the live yeah? the live life showcase yeah me and my mom put it together. And uh, yeah, we would have a lot of artists come through, do their thing. Uh, Chelsea Reject, uh, Radimus, mm. a bunch of dope people. Uh, Mad Wiz. So yeah, they'll tell you. And 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 so did Dante Ross sit, have lunch with you? Like, did yeah, he tell you, know you like what's he crazy? Was Plain Pat. Plain Pat. Plain yeah. Pat showed up to one of those shows first. He showed up to one of my showcases, and I would bring everybody out, and then I'll perform. Did someone tell you that he was in the building? Or he you, contacted me first. Okay. He hit me up on Twitter. It was like, yo, when's your next show? Mm. I was like, hey, playing Pat, what up? <laughs> and then uh, it was like a, a Brooklyn show, a showcase, and he showed up with Emil, mm. Emil Haney, uh, and Caslow, DJ Caslow. They all were there. And uh, from there, we just on some like, yo, like, they just thought I was dope. It was like, yo, let's work. Like, we don't want to step on nobody's toes. We ain't no label. Like, let's just work. But uh, when we started working, uh, I remember Dante Ross came through because me and Plain Pat had finished our mixtape. We had a mixtape called 20 Equal X, mm-hmm. like 2011 Equal X. And uh, yeah, that was going to be our first project, introducing that we were working together. And 
Dante Brown showed up with Action Bronson. And oh, he was managing Action Bronson yep, at the time. He was yep. managing Action Bronson. So yeah, he showed up with him. Yeah, man, and my music was playing. And this video of it too online somewhere. He was like, yo, this dude's de- definitely from Brooklyn. And it was funny because like at that point I was real Rosewood influenced. I was real Kanye, suit yay. You feel me? I wanted <laughs> I was, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Yeah. So I was just like looking real like a suit and tie wrap, cleaning the bar soap. Yeah, I, and I ain't know about that bar yet. That's real interesting. <laughs> but uh yeah, Dante was like, yo, he sound like he from Brooklyn. Like, you know, and then a few weeks later, he, like, reached out. He's like, yo, man, I'm at Warner. Like, and this is my first time ever. True word. <laughs> this is my first time ever, you know, getting an offer from a label. You know, I was really excited. Now, did you first, now, who, who did you go to to even, like, you know, like, get some advice on it? You know, like, meaning, like, they came at you with an offer. You don't, you know, you never did this before. Did you get, like, a lawyer? Did you get... Yeah, a- I had a lawyer. I had an entertainment lawyer, Ian. Well, then he actually knew... Um, combat? Combat. Yeah, yeah. I heard Ian. Well, I heard from Combat before. But... Mm-hmm. And, and was it, like, an offer, like, you you were blown away? Or did you come back and, like, counter-offer? Um, it was, like... He they knew about us working, playing Pat and Emil and everybody working together off the the strength. And Dante was I guess he was just trying to make something out of it. Like okay, like let's put this on on Warner. So he kind of came through like hey like you know let's do like a mixtape situation into the album side situation. So you know it was it was it was decent. It was it was a good situation. But, did you get an advance? Yeah, I did. So, so once you get that, is that one like you would say that mom actually like believe like that this was real? Like when you were able to get an advance? Oh yeah. Well, you, do you remember the first thing that you did with the money from the advance? Because um, before that, did you have like were you making money like that? You know? Or? Nah, yeah. This is like yeah, coming towards the end of high school. So, like, nah, I wasn't making no money. So, this was, like, my first check. I probably bought some clothes. I probably helped my mom pay some rent. Mm. Probably, you know, just was chilling. Probably smoked. <laughs> bought, bought, some, <laughs> bought some blueberry. Some kush. Sheesh. Definitely. So, we was, yeah. So, that's, I mean, look, I mean, you, you're in high school mm-hmm. and you get offered a deal at Warner, mm-hmm. right? Now, why, 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 why didn't they let you finish or go on the road or do something to finish the, uh, the you know, high school? Um, it wasn't that they they stopped me. It was just that I had felt like I was bad in school. Like I said, I I was in Murrow wilding out, filming in the hallway. So like I definitely had to leave and go to like a alternative joint and be like, yo, get your credits together. And like I was on my final credits. And like I maybe failed the test or something, or I had to come back and like do a whole another semester of another thing. So it was just like in the height of my career at that point. And I was also with Phony People. Phony People started blowing up to the point where we're both. I'm open up for Slick Rick. You know we're going on tour with the Roots. You like for me? We got a show with Erica Badu. It's like, bro. I'm about to go do this summer school. I'm about to go tour with Eric Badu and most deaf and Tyler Lipkali. Like, Where were you going? We were in Atlantic City. We were in LA. We were in, for me, I had went out to uh, Europe. I had a show with most in, uh, what was it, Bristol or? Connecticut? No, 
Nah, open uh well, Berlin. Okay. You feel me? Like we were in Zurich. Uh, Did you have a passport before then? No, I got it just to go. Mm. You know, like I. So did you think like did you like yo? This shit is really real now. Like this shit is, you know. I'm getting some paper. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. I'm 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 living my dream. Yeah. Uh, as an artist, you know, I'm being creative. I'm getting a chance to uh, display that in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, were you happy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Why, why are you laughing? Because it, people think automatically <laughs> you should be happy. Yeah, I mean, I've been going. It's funny because like I feel like. At the height of all my like accomplishments, like my biggest accomplishments always come with like big like the biggest heartbreaks. And at that time it was like I had broke up with my little girlfriend and I was just like, Ugh, uh and it was like in my music I was just like kinda depressed. I wasn't feeling like the man. Sure, so, sure. You feel me? So it was like I was nineteen signing the Warner Brothers deal, going on tour with my band, doing shows, Theophilus London on tour with him. Uh, but yeah, man, I was sad. Cause it was like I had lost my show. I was with her for like two years, and I was like, "Yeah, nineteen. You ever see her again? Yeah, I saw her at a club one day, and she licked my neck. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you kept it moving. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the lick. <laughs> Yo, uh, the roots, man. The roots. How does this happen? Oh, man, phony people, man. Talented group of young kids. We were in the basement every day for summers, just practicing on our... our and it was easier, like... And everybody made beats, too. So they were helping me out with records. LB had his own uh, project. Uh, it was like a lot of guys just, like, just being creative. I remember Chance the Rapper even came through uh, to the house. It was uh, a house called we called Casa de la Phony, mm. uh, the drummer. Of the band is the son of DJ Jazzy J from the Zulu Nation. Okay. So that that's their hub. So that's a whole nother like sure. thing because it's like in that crib, Africa band Bada would be pulling up. Uh, cool Herc would be pulling mm. up. So we would see all this hip hop all day. And I know Matthew, the drummer, he grew up. He grew up with it all his life. So it's like. We were getting so much culture and so much like sure, game, sure, sure. you know. So I feel like I'm such a like culture artist. I'm such a like, you know, like a a conserved artist. Like I spent my days like under like the the the, the greats. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like from sure, tutelage. You got a lot of tutelage. Oh yeah, from experiencing that. Oh yeah, you're on you're on Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you. Did, how did, how long did that last? Did you did you put out a project with them? Yeah, I did. Uh, we you know did the deal with Plain Pat, and um, yeah, we me and Plain Pat did a mixtape. Was that the one that had the Fabulous song on it? No, this is way before Fabulous. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is uh, it's called a Portrait of Donovan. Okay, a Portrait of Donovan that was mainly produced by Plain Pat. I uh, had some Emil production on it. Uh, just through Warner Through Warner A lot of phony people uh, How did it do? It did well And it was very like Well promoted And a lot of songs from there uh, Are some of my biggest songs To this date uh, One of them was the song Swank Sinatra With me and Joey Badass And uh, Capital Steez And CJ Fly That has over a million on, on, Online mm-hmm. What else? Uh, what else from the project? No, no What other song you said? From from the project, yeah. Uh, We had a song called Memories that was produced by Harry Fraud. Mm-hmm. 
Um, early Harry Fraud. Early Harry Fraud, 2013. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. It's not that many years ago, but it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we almost had 2020. Yeah. No, it's fucking crazy. That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> but yeah, man. So 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 how, did, how long did you stay on Warner Brothers? Just one one project? Yeah, I was there and then there was a merger between Warner and Atlantic. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. And what happened? I ended up being on the outside uh, looking in? Yeah, basically because it was like I lost my A&R. I felt So like, Dante left. Um he I felt like he stayed at Warner. Okay. And then it was just like it was he was trying to help, it seemed. He was just like, yeah, man, yo, yo, yo. I, I remember I dropped the project within the whole merger. And he was like, bro, it's, it's a great project. And I wish, like, Atlantic would, like, move on you. But, like, I can't say much. You know, it was like, I was on Warner. We were rolling. The merger happened. I got new people now. Like, new A&R, Rick, <laughs> Riggs, Morales. Okay. I had never met him. You know, I didn't even get to, you know, my manager. Build with him, yeah. And and so it's so crazy. At that time, Dante Ross was hooking me up with Chris Lighty. Mm. So, rest in peace. Rest in peace. So Chris Lighty was my manager right before he passed. So it was like, it felt like he was going to be the one that connected dots. Yeah, at that sure, point. sure. Take it to the next level. Oh, yeah, man. Because it was like, on one, you know, the one situation happened. And then at the same time, phony people was blowing up. So. They came, you know, uh, Chris Lighty came, like, he was gonna, he had this idea of, like, making us, like, a Wu-Tang. Like, mm-hmm. yo, like, he, he's like, yeah, this is kind of like what I did with Tribe, and, you know, like, we could make you the method man of this, and, like, all our, the phony people gang could have their own stuff. Like, this is, like, things that, uh, that, uh, Chris Lighty was saying. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I felt like Chris Lighty was gonna be the glue that was gonna just bring everything together. And, and... So so it just the merger like kind of like like how did you like move they moved away from you like how did that label deal end like uh yeah the merger was just going I was trying to release music like basically trying to impress them I did a record with Kalani mm. that's Damn. that did really well I still want that's my biggest record what song is that it's called Stay Up mm. so I remember I went to L A and uh, Kalani hit me up it was like yo because Kalani she had been a fan of me since before like. I even heard her music. And, like, I heard her music and it was like, dog, like, you? Like, bro, I'm trying to work with you. So when I got to L.A., she was at Atlantic writing for Atlantic artists, I believe. And she's like, yo, pull up. Like, aren't you a part of Atlantic? And I'm just like, eh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I go there, you know, we make a fire record. Still, it's my biggest record. And, um... Yeah, man. And you pass that over to Atlantic and just trying to impress them, right? Because of this new merger, your new team that's on and, and nothing? Yeah, man. I feel like um it had got taken down, something like that. Like I feel like the peop the producers behind the record felt like they knew it was gonna be a big record and and they they didn't wanna we were on some like, hey, we just did this, let's throw it out. And then like it got taken down and I, I feel like I heard something got over to the label about that. And they were, like, upset about it. But just eventually, you know, I just realized that the situation wasn't helping me. And I, like, had my lawyer just be like, hey, like, let's do this independently. Cause so you try to, you, so you got out of the deal? Yeah, I got out of the deal. And, and, and how did you and Dante uh, end off? Was everything cool with, with, with Dante? I haven't spoken to Dante. Did he ever say, like, yo, I tried or, or anything like that? Maybe something along those lines at some point. But he unfollowed me. 
Really? Yeah. That's the. That's gotta be a. Really, man. I respect Dante. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I always look at it this way. You know, from what I know, Dante is stand up dude. Oh, yeah. By the end of the day, business is business. I don't know the business that you know mm-hmm. uh, acquired with you, but you know, for the contributions that people make, sometimes you know they're just piece uh, a piece of time in your life. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So if it got from one to A to B, you know, now you on the R or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And everything happens for a reason, man. Mm. And at that time too, like you know, I got out of it, and then I was just trying to just push forward, be the phony people guy and the dime a dozen guy, and I ultimately ended up having to part ways with phonies. Yeah, why'd that me? happen? Um, it was just I guess a difference. That's a typical group thing, though. I feel like every fucking group, no matter if it's R and B. Hip hop, fucking pop culture, teen fucking whatever it is. <laughs> there's always a problem with a group. Yeah, you know, you think about it. The, the, the you know, it, 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 it think, I mean, come on, just look at the the history of it. What? Because I was literally given the option to do my thing or not. It was just like, bro, don't be a solo artist. Uh, or it's either be in the group or be a solo artist. I was told by the manager at the time. I was told that. Because I had just went to uh, Europe, I did a European tour solo, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Yo, I'm repping the game. Like, let me." So just promoters were booking you, yeah, and they were doing it independent. Mm-hmm. So I went out there. Let's, let's, I'm repping the game. We'll be out there soon, but I'm just screaming phony people every time I get out there. And I guess at that time, it was like a lot of people in, in their air. Because I remember, eventually they came to me. A lot of them came to me and was like, "Yo, bro, like you didn't have to go, like." Feel me like we could have worked it out, like, and I see that now that I'm a little older. I see that now that I know this, but at that point it was just like, hey man, you're looking like a hindrance to us right now. Is gonna we gonna have to push forward and be a, a band, and you can be your solo act. We'll still support you, blah blah blah. But you know, you know, you know what? Let's take a quick break, man. We're going over the journey here, man. Uh, the one and only dime a dozen, man. Sheesh. Phony people, mm-hmm. Atlantic, Warner. <laughs> Uh, fucking church, 11 <laughs> years old. This shit, shit is a lot going on here, man. A lot going on. But uh, a, a young star with a journey that had a lot of bumps, had a lot of ups, mm-hmm. had a lot of downs, had a lot of sideways, but it's far from over. Oh, yeah. Internet's not going nowhere. We'll be right back. Cheer. Hey, what up? It's Killer Mike, a.k.a. Michael Render, Killer Kill from The Ville, and I am locked in right here on the Premium P Show. Man, forget about it. Internet, and we're back, sitting here with Dime a Dozen. Yep. That boy Dime a Dizzy. Yes, sir. Listen, uh, uh, off air, we're talking about a bunch of uh, stuff of, you know, you're on the label, mm-hmm. Dante Ross. Mm-hmm. He unfollowed you. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's all love. It's love. Um, you know, you think about it. Now you're putting out stuff on your own. You know, you're not working or doing anything with phony people. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like, you know, and I don't mean this towards you of anything, but did you feel like giving up? Yeah, you know, at points, I mean, I've always had a, like a drive within myself to uh, create. So I was never in a like creative drought. I was always trying and I always had ideas. But at some points it felt like, damn, like, damn, like how can I make it like out of this? You know, it's like I had, you know, as much as your homies that you work with say, yo, it's all business, it's not personal, you know, it becomes less personal when, like, the business is before your friendship. Like, sure. you know, those was like my brothers, you know? It's just like, and I didn't have brothers. I didn't grow up with brothers. 
You know, I didn't have an older, younger brother. These were like that to me. You know, so like drifting away from them, you know, I just started hanging out with like a lot of guys in like the Crown Heights area. You know, a lot of... <laughs> they weren't bad influences, I want to say. my <laughs> We were on 1160 Eastern Parkway. Mm. We just did a lot of like wild shit together, man. Like a lot of wild shit. It was just like a little group home that a lot of kids from around the city. I feel like we were all outlaws. Like mm. everybody that was in that house, like were either like, uh, they were like on some leaving from another crew coming into into this house type situation. Like leaving. Like we had Wati Haru, my boy. He was in a group called Capsule. My homegirl uh, Chelsea Reject and my boy Carl Sharon. Like that didn't even end up being like a thing. It didn't even last because I guess Wati was just like, nah, fuck this. And he would be over at 1160 chilling. We had our boy Jonah Grizz, who was a part of a group called ICK. And yeah, he was just in the crib like, yo, ICK is cool, but I'm with my homies at the group home at 1160. So these were guys like that were into like a lot of, you know what I mean? But Wati's, I mean, a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit was going on at that house. And I was involved. And that birthed like a whole new style, a whole new side of me that I didn't even have before. Mm. You know, this Could is Could you like, put that into words? Like what would you think that was? What type of style was it? Or just where you just where you position yourself to I like, mean, the song that would define that style and that change would probably have to be it's that chicken. Mm. Well with Fabulous? Before Fabulous. Mm. I thought that chicken was a... It's a remix. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But, how, okay, how did that even happen? I mean... Because I'll be honest with you, just from... You, 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 at that point in time, it seems like you were going through a lot of different shit. Yeah. And again, to my previous, like, maybe question of, like, you know, before we went into that, was, like, kind of like, do you ever feel like giving up? Yeah. And I don't mean... When I say giving up, it's because, you you you, you know, when you get... A couple of bumps and shit. Yeah. Some people don't react well to them, you know? Yeah, I mean, shit, like, being in a situation where the label situation is not working out, and then the manager that you feel like could have helped you in that situation commit suicide, it's like, whew, whew. Like, how is this going to work? So, like, and then, like, your whole crew leaving you. Like, damn, like, whoa. Like, now I'm out here alone, alone. Like, the label ain't even fucking with me. The fucking... Crew is not all the way on my side. And the manager that I felt like was going to take me to the next level is gone. So it was like, damn. Who was that, your manager? Chris Lighty. Yeah. Chris Lighty. That's right. I remember you said it before. Now I'm like thinking you just got somebody else on the Nah, air. it's Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty. Mike's guy got an arsenal of managers, man. I did, though. But that was the whole thing. Like, I went through mad motherfuckers. So Chris Lighty was supposed to be that one. You feel me? That would have been uh, uh, legendary, man. Rest in peace, man. You know, he has he had his hand on... So many different people's uh, journeys, man. And I was at the funeral. I saw, I, I saw Fifty was there, Buster was there, Fat Joe was there, Q-Tip was there, Vinci was there. Everybody loved him. Diddy was there. I saw all those people, and I was in that room. That was my manager too. Mm. Rest in peace. So, how did you get to a point where you got you know Fab on the remix? Like, how does that even happen? I mean, that chicken came from those times and just being, you feel me, words in those, like, lit, 
those lyrics are kind of like what how I was feeling in that time. Like feeling like I got nobody. I wonder if I got the crew. Because they don't even got nobody. So what we really got to lose. Like, I'm with a new crew now. Like, I wonder if they going to dip on me like I felt like my other boys dipped on me. Like, mm. I'm right. Like, it's like loneliness in the streets. And it's just like, I felt like it was very relatable. You know, it was just like, you know, lyrics in that song. Like, if, the, if these record if these record execs don't check for, for a nigga, then for this check, I'm low in my. Like, it's like that desperation, like. If these motherfuckers is not, I'm on the label. I've been on the labels, and I'm in the game. Pers- like I'm in the game. I've done all the fucking Hot 97s, Complex, sure. Top 10, fucking, uh, uh, fucking. When VMAs came to Brooklyn, I was on that cipher. All this type of shit. Like I'm like, bro, but I'm not getting opportunities. You feel me? It was. Like, this is how I'm feeling at that. Sure, point. sure, sure. So it was just like I made that song, that chicken. You know, yeah. Yeah, I just promoted that through the streets, man. Just was doing that through shows, and uh, I started a little campaign called Tag Fab. Mm, mm. Tag Fab campaign. Where, where was this on? On Instagram. <laughs> Early on? Early. So good. So I'm just hitting Fab. Like, I'm having all my fans hit up Fab, like, yo. Because I heard people say, yo, Fabulous would sound dope on this remix. You know, I never thought it could happen. But I'm just like, hey, you know. This is like bring You want to see him? Yeah. Tag him. Tag him. So so go ahead. They made their noise. Yeah, it was making a noise, making a noise and um you know, weeks went by, I didn't even thought he he, he heard it. But like people were like very passionate about it. Like my fans, supporters were just on some stuff like, yo, so I saw somebody hit up Fab, yo, are you going to do the remix with Dama Dozen? And then he quoted it and was like, "Lay a nigga down for that chicken." I'm like, "Whoa." On Twitter. I'm like, whoa, he knows my record, like he heard of me. And I, I was with my homegirl, Fabu. She was, uh, she, she's a videographer, so she taped the whole moment. I'm just like, Phew. you know, wilding out. Like, no, I like the song more, not that Fab likes it. So let me see if he going to do this remix. And then I hit him up on a DM like, yo. No, actually, that's a lie. He hit me up. He said, uh, lay a nigga down for that chicken. And I'm like, yo, bro, whenever you ready. And then he hit me up on some shit like, yo, you ready to do this remix? Like a few days later. I'm like, hell yeah. He was like, all right, just send me all I need to do it. And then like he did the... He did so the, what did you email him over? You yeah, he emailed him the verse. And then, um, yeah, we did the record. We dropped it. It was like on every blog. Hot 97 played it. And then he was like, yo, let's do the video. Mm. And, and I hooked up with his director, Gerald, 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 just Gerald. Uh, yeah, man, that was my first time working with him. And yeah, so like that was like a fab situation. Like we did our first video ourselves, like that chicken, and made it what it is. And then Fab saw it, and we're just like, oh, let me give this guy an assist. You know, let me throw him an alley oop. Mm. You still see, uh, speak to Fab or how to work on anything yeah. else? I still speak to Fab. He's just more of like a guy that's he's more like giving me advice all the time and we haven't done any like work in the studio lately. But uh yeah, man, when I signed to EQ, I just did a uh And that's recently. Now EQ is recently, right? Yeah. So do you like being like you know, in this day and age, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, you don't have to be assigned to a major, yeah. right? You know, but then again, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. But 
what's the difference of your deal now? Especially like, yo, you're young, yeah, but this, you've been this, through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm, it's a distribution deal yeah. for my next project. You know, just EQ is under like Rock Nation. Okay. So, you know. That, How'd you get hooked up to them? Um, My homegirl, Goldie Harris, I met her through the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, which was another part of uh the Fab story because he did the video and he brought me out that year. At the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, he brought me out the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival that year to perform. And, uh, yeah, he just, like, showed that, like, full cosign, which was dope. But um, I met Goldie Harris at the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Festival. She worked there. She was, like, on the staff. Mm. And uh, a year later or so, a year or two later, she ended up having a job at Rock Nation. And EQ is a brand-new company, and... You know, she's a one of the heads of that, one of the, uh, you know, the big dogs. <laughs> so, so who's on the project? What do we got on the project? Well, this new one? Yeah. Hmm. Well, this new joint is called Ghetto Olympics 2. Ghetto Olympics. Ghetto Olympics. Uh, I'm not going to give too much information about that yet. Any features? I'll... Nobody no. yet? I'll give you more information about what Ghetto Olympics is. I don't care for features like that. I'm not about. I'm not a features guy. Yeah, yeah, no. If, if 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 I meet somebody, another real artist that's cool enough to be on some shit like yo, let's do this and not be on some bullshit. Cause come coming up in this game is a whole lot of, you know, man, it's a whole lot of fake shit. So it's just like I'd rather somebody that's organically building with me on some shit like yo, you're dope. I want to do this. I've had situations like that. Who would you say that is now? After you know, you, you look. You started when you were eleven in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, senior, senior time, phony people, dime a dozen. You moving around. You, you you've been on. You've been on. Uh, uh, you know, international. You've been. You know, you, you you've been all over. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you had times where you felt like quitting. The times where shit got tough. Mm-hmm. But you're still out here. Yeah. You know, who would you say is people you vibe with now? Like people you, you know. Is there people like any artists and stuff like that that you know you consider friends? Um, or oh, they're phony people. <laughs> <laughs> phony, even phony people are cool people. No, I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. I know, but but yeah, yeah. I'm uh, here all night. <laughs> but I mean, man, I just got a lot of inside people, man. Like family, bro. Like my family know who my family is. Like my big bros, my. I mean, my my sisters. I mean, mm. I don't got no real brothers. I got bigger bros, though. I got guys that you know, guide me and, and really help this 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 shit float. Okay. So what's next for uh, uh, Dime a Dozen? We got this new project, Ghetto Olympics, Ghetto right? Olympics. Right now, we got Demon and Designer out right now. That's the single. Uh, I just released it, the video on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demon and Designer is based off of, you know. It's a concept record. It's influenced by my, my situation and situations around me. But it's basically about, you know, having the support of your lover or a loved one at or at the humble at your humble beginnings. But when you rise and reach your peak, uh, that's when they switch up. Mm. You know, it's like you help them get to where they where y'all together are in a higher place. But now. They, you know, switch up on you, like lose interest in you or whatever the situation might be. So that just came from that energy. And with the whole 
Halloween, it dropping on Halloween. I thought I'd just play with the the mm. theme a little bit and have people think, you know, you know, damn, like what's he what's he doing? Like what is he like is he the demon? Like is he on some possessed type shit? But really in reality, you know, I'm talking about the female. And I guess you could in a way be turned out into a demon when a girl is a demon towards you. So I guess that I'm just playing Absolutely. With that, that that concept, but in all reality, these uh, horns, as some people would say, are more of an African hairstyle. Uh, they, uh, members of a group called the uh, the, the Hembe tribe, mm. they actually, a few of them you know, wear their hair like this. So that's where it's from. People think it's like demonic. Ain't nothing demonic about anything I do. And, you know, it's all... All sports circles, so I'm still keeping it godly, you know. Mm-hmm. But just like people try to keep it godly and feed you negativity or things that are not of God, I'm giving you something that you might take a second look at, double take at, and think it's some demonic shit. But when you look into the 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 real meaning of things, is I'm telling you, you know, take the negative energy and take evil energy and alchemize, take you know, things that you feel like, like, erase what you think is evil. Like, bro, this is, like, not no devil shit, bro. This is, like, some tribal shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel me? Change your perspective and look at shit from another way. I've, I know that I'm misunderstood throughout my whole career. I've been misunderstood. And it's like, I've learned to love it. So <laughs> I've learned to market me being misunderstood. So Hey, listen, that's a blessing. Hey. Continue to transition. Yeah. Continue to evolve. <laughs> 2020, uh, new project, Ghetto Olympics. Ghetto Olympics 2, man. Ghetto Olympics 2. I wish I had the, the, the hoodie on right now, but y'all got to see the covers. It's, it's pretty all, cool. It's all, it's, all, <clears throat> it's all good. Yo, the journey is... Uh, who's in you up? Phony people? Nah, that's my girl. Okay. Um, nah, but the Ghetto Olympics... Uh, Damn, girl! Hold up. Is he texting me? Hold up. Okay, nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Ghetto Olympics. You know, you got the the blue rag, you got the red flag. Yeah. You got the caution tape. You got the weed leaf. You got the uh the barbed wire. Which it's could, creative. You know, it could represent you know the blood gang, the crit gang. You got uh the, the caution tape, which is like you know crime, and you got the uh the barbed wire, which is more like religion and jail, and you got the weed leaf, so you know. Keep on being creative, man. Listen, I uh, wish you the best, man. I'm glad Thank you, you stopped by. Thank you. Uh, Thank glad you they me. can hear some of your journey. You know, yes, there's a lot, like I said before, there's a lot of bumps in it. Yes, sir. But you keep on powering through. That's oh, what's yeah. powerful. Shit, shit ain't easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, I applaud you for continuing to uh, put the pedal to the, you know, to the metal. You know what I mean? Yes, and, and and not stopping and trying to just figure it out, man, trying to continue to be creative, man. So I wish you the best, man. Thank you for having uh, me, for real. Blessings. Internet, check out John Dozen. Check out Ghetto Olympics. Check out whatever he's doing, man. He's on his, What do you want on uh, Instagram? Yeah, I'm on IG. Uh, go to my site, though. It's, it's com. You can find all my socials on there. It's uh, If you, if you want to slow down and listen, it's at Dozen. That's D-Y-M-E-A-D-U-Z-I-N. Dime a dozen, I spell it kind of funky, but you can go to my site real easy. That's D-Y-M-E-N-Y-C dot com. Dime a dozen. Sheesh. Check him out. Cheer. <laughs> Salud, bro. Love. Love. Oh, yeah, that boy Dime a dozen. I enjoyed that episode, man. He went on over everything from the phony people days 
to the issues with the label. I mean, what's being an artist if you don't got an issue with a label? Okay. The late great combat Jack Clark Kent touring with Erica Badu, the Roots, uh, Kalani, man, Talib Kweli. Internet, I want to tell you something. You want to advertise on the Premium Peach Show, big brand, small brand, whatever it is, email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com, okay? You want to advertise on other podcasts. I work with a bunch of networks on a bunch of podcasts, okay? You want to, somebody to produce your podcast, script out your podcast. You need help, any questions, any advice, internets, email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. I wouldn't tell you if I didn't mean it, okay? And also, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. We got a bunch of clips on there, full clips. Listen, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, tell a friend to tell a friend. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. The Premium P Show. Rate, leave a comment. You fuck with me. Listen, people say, yo, Premium P Show. Uh, you hear me, Premium P Show. People say, yo, Premium P, I appreciate you. Thanks for all these years of content and et cetera, et cetera, and inspiration. How can I support you? Well, for now, rate, leave a comment, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Okay. And if you need, like I said, you want to advertise on the show, you want some questions, you need some help, you want to work with me, email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Okay. Peace and blessings to you and yours. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next episode. Peace and blessings. Cheer.